Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 182 for June 25th, 2011. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, and I'm here with the biggest cast we've ever had on RPG Cast. That's right, it's Emmanuel Marino. Yep, and I'm joined by all four of Chris's cats. That's right. I, I cloned them so that now we have four instead of two. And uh, also with us is Emmanuel Marino. I am here with all four of Chris's cats. Let's that's, that's, see, that's nine people so far. And Emmanuel Marino. And I am not here. I came along ah. with no cats. Ten people. That's awesome. Thanks for joining me, Manny, Manny, Manny. Cat, 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 and cat. Um, it's going to be a nice Remember, big kids, show. If you're keeping track at home, that's eight cats, three Mannies. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess that's 12 people. I can't even count. I failed. Oh, we've got a we've got uh, lots of scheduling conflicts and summertime, but you know, two people here are at least dedicated enough to come to you and bring you the hot RPG news that there isn't this week. But you don't need to take my word for it. First off, we got some feedback. Feedback. <laughs> I just can't come up with anything this week. Oh, it's one of those weeks. Going to be one of those weeks. All right, so our first feedback was, uh, let's, well, let me get it right up here on the th- on the screen. Con- talking about our special guest last week, uh, Sean Lusper Cooper, Sean Cooper from Lusper.com, who joined on, and he said, uh, the uh, legendary Zoltan commented that that negative guy needs to be less negative and stop interrupting anybody. He's bringing the cast down. And later on, people introduced um, Zoltan to who Lucifer is and what kind of a character he is. Yep, Sean's a bit negative about things. That's part of his charm and his personality. You just got to be you got to be ready to deal with it. He only means half of it, and uh, you kind of have to expect it. Sorry if it brought anyone down, though. You know, he's just a guest. Yeah. He's not on all the all the time. So, but his love for hats was genuine. His love for hats was indeed genuine. <laughs> Uh, other other feedback was that the Legendary Zoltan episode last week was a bit quiet, and I'm sorry uh, it came in a bit quiet from uh, from the Legendary Zoltan. I I uh, guess I messed up in the way I put it in the show. I couldn't seem to find a good way to repair that, so we'll try and fix that in the future. And what else did we have for feedback? Oh oh, people people talking hardcore magic content concepts with Quinn which I will not waste your time with trying to repeat here, but uh, something about the Zendikar block, and I lost... I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> oh. The, no no letters and no phone calls, so I have to ask you, once again, send us some feedback at podcast at rpgamer.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at R-P-G-A-M-E-R dot C-O-M. Send us your letters. Send us your MP3 files to play on the show. Send us... Your message board posts at board.rpgamer.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 608-729-4098. You can be right here on the show. And we would love to do that sort of stuff with you and play and read your letters here as we go through the best RPG newscast on the internet. Are we still competing with the instance or did they move? Uh, I think they do it on Friday, Friday mornings. Oh, they moved. Yeah, we, we forced them out. That's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. The power of our ten thousand listeners. That's right. <laughs> Thank you all. Leave us some reviews on iTunes, by the way. Could use that. Have you checked recently? No, I haven't. Mm. That's some good. Uh, that's some good listener feedback, isn't it? Mm-hmm. iTunes. Let's bring that up right now. 
Let's see, RPG cast. It's my musical interlude from iTunes. I, I like to sing the new Super Mario Brothers theme. Let's see, first review coming from. Ooh, well, that's kind Can of you old. believe this? There are two podcasts called the RPG cast. Yeah, but one's very different. Oh, all right. And then there's also the Retro RPG Podcast, which competes with RPG Backtrack. Oh, there's a German. We have German friends. <laughs> yeah, it's the German one. Okay, last review on our podcast is from Shadow4699, who says, Chris is a lazy bum. Everyone else is great. Which, yeah. Uh, you guys are great from Veronique Dream, or Deem. Veronique Deem. Our awesome Epamazing. I've listened to every episode since 99B, and they keep getting better and better. I gotta say thanks also for introducing me to the Sarcastic Gamer podcast as well. Without you all, I would all I would have would be G4 for all my gaming news. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm glad we were able oh. to give you some alternatives. Also, oh. check out the Giant Bombcast and Weekend Confirmed if you want some more hardcore news podcasts and commentary. You can skip Weekend Confirmed. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Only when the girl's on. Andrew, no, I, or when, no, I'm not gonna, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show, you should totally watch it. <laughs> now that I made it about feminism, <laughs> no, 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 not about that. All right, uh, okay. Well, whatever. Um, listen to something Manny would approve of. What do you What do you listen to? The new uh, The new Joystick NPR podcast. Jo- NPR has a Joystick podcast. People complain that the new format of the Joystick podcast is like an NPR show. Today on NPR, we have Jonathan Blow discussing the merits yeah. of platform gaming. <laughs> when we come back after this break. What do you listen to? What's your favorite show now? Okay, let me see. I I stopped listening to the Twit Network okay. for a while, though. It's because I just – I feel like when it comes time to get down to the news, there's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's just straight into the rat holes. Yeah. And I can only take so much of that. At, at some point, I'm just like, okay, I need to know what's going on in this world, in, the, in this universe right now. Let me know quickly. Mm-hmm. So instead, I moved on to uh, the Giant Bum sister podcast, Tested. Ah, okay. Where they just talk, was sort of a frank, sometimes boring talk about hardware, but then they mix it in with some interesting stuff. Like they'll have a fake outtake section at the end where we'll talk about Star Trek or new science for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah, and then there's Giant Bomb. Yep. Which is a lot more easier. It's a, which is a lot easier to listen to ever since they removed the Nintendo download section. Oh, I totally disagree with you, but okay. Oh, it was so long. No, it turned I, like a. I agree with Jeff. Into, that was my favorite part of the show every week. But you have that now as a no, separate show. No, no, it's it's terrible now that he's extended it to thirty minutes of that. It's way too long now. <laughs> now it's too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I know people like the Games and Jobs podcast. Yeah, we have Roy. Thanks for joining us mid-show. <laughs> appreciate you being on we've uh we couldn't find anybody else so i was very glad to see you sign on this morning appreciate you being here manny's telling us about his favorite gaming podcast right now i assume it's this one or maybe the sanctum well what he listens to other than this i neither listen to i don't listen to any podcast from rp gamer <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you you were saying giant bomb and then is there anything else uh let me see i've also let me see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, 
well, I guess we can confirmed can get a little too. I, I don't know. I feel like that show is at its best when you have some strong counterbalance to kind of at least sort of like yeah. the, the post E3 podcast was good because yep. there was John Davidson was on there. Uh, Shane Bettenhausen, they they know they know Garnet Lee. They're not afraid to tell him to shut up and that you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's I'm, it? Okay. To a lot now. I'm I'm a creature habit, so I'm still listening to Weekend Confirmed, Giant Bomb, Cheap Ass Gamer, and uh, Player One podcast for my gaming shows and the Sarcastic Gamer Wedge Show. But that's that's very different now than it used to be. So, it's... who's who does Player One? Player One podcast is, jeez, uh, I can't even. You're 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 making me have to remember names, and that's right. the worst thing in the world for me. But it's a uh, former EGM and one up type people from long, long, long ago. Um, we've got oh. we've got Greg Ford, Greg Stewart, um, Chris Johnston, and Phil Theobald. Are the people you know? I was listening to that you hate is uh, Rebel FM. Ah, yeah. All right. All right. Oh, 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 and there's also some good uh, official podcasts going on right now, like uh, the, Beth- the Bethesda podcast. They just had like a recent episode celebrating, talking about Prey 2, and one talking about the the, the, fifth, the fifth anniversary of Oblivion. And they they get like Todd Howard and, uh, and Sean Carmack there all the time to talk about stuff. And, uh, okay, Roy, do you have any top gaming podcasts you like to listen to? Throw out as a recommendation. Uh, besides the ones we do here, um, my favorite one's probably the bonus round on Game Drillers. Okay, bonus round. So you're a Jeff Keighley fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually am not, but maybe I can come around on that. Oh, and some pu- plugs well, they, for... They, they, yeah? They, they have a good tendency of getting Pactor on there, so... Yeah, that helps. They have uh, some plugs in the chat room from for Drunken Gamers Radio. I definitely still listen to that. The, they've uh, officially declassified themselves as a gaming podcast now. They got too fed up with the industry BS and decided we're going to do some podcasts about whatever we feel like podcasting about, and that's uh, and that's fine. And even though they're still kind of gamers and they really shouldn't be so scared of it, but whatever. And what uh, plugs do we have in the chat room? PlayStation Nation. I I've talked to and and met and flown with the host of PlayStation Nation several times. <laughs> it seems like we always schedule our flights to E three for the same flight, so that's always fun. And we've got, oh, here's one who's got some different stuff. PC Gamer Podcast, Beyond from IGN, Games by Debriefings, and of course this one. Thank you. And uh, Electric Sisterhood. I don't know what that is, but I want to know. Podtoid, The Bobby Black Wolf Show, and Orange Lounge Radio from Funetman. That previous list was from Demand 22. I like that. Demand. And Midlife Gamer. Ooh, is that about like forty-five-year-old gamers and stuff? I should listen to that. I'm thirty no, now. Th- I'm getting old. Yeah, Major Nelson uh, is worth a listen one... sometimes. Um, I don't know. He seems a little too on message sometimes. Yeah, Major Nelson can get frustrating. But I I understand what you mean. Get whenever they actually talk about behind-the-scenes stuff, which they seem scared to do, but whenever they do it, it's really interesting. And whenever they don't, it can get a bit too on message. Hey guys, we got this coming out. It's a great deal. We're gonna tell you about the new thing. We got the developer of this to talk about his new open beta. I, I actually be skip the interviews usually. The interviews are just kind of. He knows how to do interviews, but they just don't seem to be interesting. So maybe he doesn't. I don't get it. Anyway, what are you gonna say, Roy? Uh, I said, um, yeah, offside. I 
also occasionally listen to IGN as AFK. Uh, IGN, okay. Ethan Pfeiffer, former person who was on our show, he really likes the IGN stuff, so take that for what you will. Uh, let's move on. Now that we've got um, lots we, of people, oh yeah. Where are we on the show right now? Actually, the beginning. Have we done news. We're in the beginning, Roy. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're yeah, forgetting off worker. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to figure out. Uh, we're making up some feedback and decided let's talk about podcasts because that's one thing we everyone on the show tends to know. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to some news. It's that time of week where we give you all the big stories. And the first one is that Cthulhu Saves the World has a date. So this is the remake of Cthulhu Saves the World, which originally came out on Xbox Live Indies. It's going to be going up on Gamersgate and Steam. He, he got two different services for it. It'll be 3 bucks, and it'll be up on July 13th, 2011. And if you purchase the PC version of Cthulhu Saves the World, you'll get a free copy of Breath of Death 7, the beginning. So that's pretty awesome, too, because both those games are rather well-liked by our reviewers, and so you should check them out because they're cheap and they're RPGs, and they're made by Z-Boyd Games, who's been on the show, and he's a pretty cool guy. He's been on multiple shows of ours. You had a show with him on, too, right? Yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had him on twice. Um, nice. We, in, we interviewed him extensively on uh, episode 8, where we did uh, all about indie games. We also interviewed um, uh, Carpe Fulger and the... Uh, um, people with developers of Ash. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. show. Yep. And we also interviewed him extensively on the first show, actually. Nice. For the last hour of it was pretty much Q&A Robert Boyd. <laughs> that works. All right. Next story, Bethesda. They've given us an exact date for Fallout New Vegas. So the new DLC is called Old World Blues, and it's coming out on PC, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and July 19th. And there'll be a title update that will also patch and improve the game a bit and add support for the DLC coming out just before then. You going to go back to Fallout New Vegas, Manny? I never started. Oh. You waiting for a game of the year? At this point, yeah. Yeah, I think the game itself has dropped to 20, but still no game of the year. Hmm. But then all the DLC is still full price, right? Yeah, which is a problem. They need like the passes like they're doing for these new games, like the Rockstar Pass and the Mortal Kombat Pass. I like those. It's like save some money on getting all that DLC. They need one of these for like Fallout and Mass Effect and stuff. No? Yes? I agree. You do? Agree? I'm sorry. I'm, 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 st- I'm quoting a potential surprise guest on the RPG cast right oh, now. I see. Okay. Um, what do these uh, passes do? I've never seen those in a game. Well, the new—they're just—I've only seen them in a couple of new games. But like for uh, the Rockstar Pass for L.A. Noir, lets you get all the DLC for it for like ten bucks. So instead of buying it all individually, you just pay that one fee, and you got all the—you get all the DLC as it comes out. Oh, well, that's a good idea, especially if you know a game's going to have a lot of DLC. Yeah. Now the passes tend to. So far, the passes tend to be very uh, set in what they cover. It sounds like a pass. So it's like these games tend to don't seem to be the sort that are just going to have surprise DLC announced on the line. So it's not like, uh, I guess it's not as good of a deal as being able to just be subscribed for forever for anything to come up with. But still, it's neat. Well, the only game I can think of, really, that just has surprised DLC down the line is like you know, like Dragon Age 2, for example. Like You know there's going to be DLC for it, but they haven't really announced anything yet. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they've announced that they're going to announce it at Comic-Con, but... <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, well, that's interesting, Manny. <laughs> Are you sure that that person would actually want to be on our show? <laughs> Uh, uh, she was on. Uh, I know some guys in the local in the in, in the LA area who have a podcast. And after the Konami podcast, she was a special guest talking about how terrible the Konami press conference was. <laughs> and apparently, she was at E3 with us too. So she wants to talk about that. Nice. It'd be interesting. It's a diff- definitely different perspective we never yes, had it before. Be. <laughs> All right. There you go, people. That's a tease of what might be the of what's to come. Yeah, Manny's courting like a supermodel or something. It's interesting. In real life, of course. On the side. Of course. With his three girlfriends and my four cats. Uses hey, hey, hey. leave the cats out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as far as this deal scene, uh, Fallout New Vegas, Old World Blues. So you turn out, turns out you're going to be a lab rat in an experiment, and you'll have to scour the research center of the Big Empty in order to fight against the scientists who kidnapped... Uh, you and uh, or join up with them against a greater threat. So you get to choose, join or go against. It'll be ten bucks. So look forward to that. If you're a big Fallout New Vegas fan, and I know they are out there, like Michael Cunningham. So who likes Sega RPGs? Because I liked Sega RPGs. Sega, Sega RPGs? You said yes. Sega RPGs, like like you know, old ones, new ones, what? Like old ones. All right. I'll bite. What are you talking about? <laughs> Two RPGs from uh, old Sega Genesis days have been announced. Uh, <laughs> well, this is the thing. Two old two RPGs for the old Sega Genesis have been announced, but I guess they're kind of new. Oh, new, right? So I don't well, understand uh, what's going w- on. W- w- one's, a, one's just a translation of one, and one's an all-new one. Yeah, so this is weird. So one is Star Odyssey. It used to only be released in Japan. And some a team the, has come together and put it, <laughs> made an agreement with the current IP holder, and they're going to publish the game worldwide for your Genesis. And the other one's a brand new one that's wholly original called Pure Solar and the Great Architects. That used to be a homebrew and, minigame, and then it got developed into a turn-based RPG. Wow. Me, me, me and Adrian were talking about this. And like if... if if they're actually going to only release it for the Genesis and not put it on like live or PSN, then they must be smoking some of the good stuff if they think it's going to be successful. They sold out. Pure Solar sold out of its original um, printing. So as far as they're concerned, it was. Well, they're going to have to have a whole lot of people that still have a Genesis. I still have a Genesis. Are you kidding? I still got one. Hmm. So uh, yeah, it, so Pure Solar actually already came out in 2010, December 2010, sold out pretty quick, and now they are doing a reprint. So this is kind of letting you know about the reprint. And Star Odyssey is of course this new thing. I don't have many details on where you can go for that, except Star Odyssey is available at www.staroddesseygame.com, and you can find more details and order it. They've got an order page up, so you can get your order in. And Pure Solar is available at puresolar.com, P-I-E-R Solar.com. And you can order the game there and play some new stuff on your old Sega Genesis. And for recommendation, it would probably behoove them to put it on the PSN and Xbox Live. 
Yeah, for good luck getting the distribution rights for that. But yes, that would be a good idea. It couldn't hurt. <laughs> no, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> trying to put a trying to put a um, new game on a twenty year old system is really going not exactly the most sound financial decision I've ever heard. All right, Exceed. A big uh, embargo that we had at you know, at E three about the new game that Exceed's bringing over finally expired as of July uh, June twenty fourth, and I can now tell you that Solata Robo is coming to North America from Exceed. This is the game that is the follow-up to Tail Concerto, where you play uh, a dog, basically the big humanoid dog guy who runs around in a mech beating stuff up. And uh, whoever is slapping something in the background, please stop. <laughs> All right. So, Solato Robo. This, it's kind of weird. I'll, I'll read you their descriptive paragraph. Red Saverin, an eager and ambitious 17-year-old anthropomorphic dog, ventures through the mythical floating islands of the Shepherd Republic. You get that? Because it's dogs. It's the Shepherd Republic. Where specialized specialized robots are commonplace, living a carefree life, traveling with his younger sister, Chocolat, and utilizing his personalized robot, Dahak, to complete various odd jobs for money. While on a routine retrieval mission, they have a chance encounter with a mysterious boy named L and find a medallion that inadvertently entangles Red in something much more than he bargained for. Having taken L under this care, Red investigates the mystery surrounding the young boy and the strange object as he takes on monsters, sky pirates, and evil robots on his road to becoming the reluctant hero that must save the world from a swiftly awakening evil. So we found out some interesting stuff from XC to D3. Uh, mainly, everybody was really nervous about bringing this game out because it's you know full of furry characters. So apparently, games that uh, games that have more mature gameplay but have uh, like furry animal characters, apparently they they don't skew they don't sell well because it's like not for kids and it's not for adults. So people don't. Know they're what to worried do with about it because it it's weird. Yeah, they're worried about it because <laughs> it's weird. It's like I'm going to play a game with cartoon characters, but I'm an adult. I I don't do that. Right. So, I don't know. Ratchet and Clank does pretty well. I know. That's kind of very similar. I didn't understand the, the, the reticence on their part. But, you know, it's coming but, uh, together. So. And the Sonic hear... kids, the kids who grew up on Sonic eventually, well, they eventually grow up. And they yeah, want, like, yeah. bigger experiences. Well, but they grow up and then they play Call of Duty. Is what, oh, no. Is, that's, they, what I think the, that's what the thought you're process diehard, is. If you buy Sonic toys and you're a hardcore Sonic fan, I don't think wait, you Wait, wait. Are life. you buying Sonic toys right now? Me. I like Sonic. I'm not buying Sonic toys. No, no, no. I mean, Sonic is... Remember, there's still that Sonic cartoon show on Saturday mornings, and that that, that plays pretty big, and there's the Sonic action figures and the Sonic comic books. Yeah. Wasn't that no. back in the 90s, though? Yeah. There was, like, it two never of them back ends. in the 90s. Are you kidding me? During the Sonic 20th anniversary, there was... To- like, Sega asked, uh, show me who your, who the biggest Sonic fans are. And sure enough, you got videos on YouTube of kids showing, displaying all their Sonic collection, like... I never have to leave Sonic. I have the Sonic comics. Well, well, yeah, I have but the there's Sonic new action. there's new kids who are fans of this stuff. Then, yeah, yeah, young kids. Yeah, no, so. they still make cartoon shows. There's all, they're always making. Yeah, new yeah, but Sonic it's 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 still skewed young, and people are worried about games that skew young. Yeah, because... but those those Sonic kids eventually grow up, and they want more stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. Except well, the, the, if they did, the they'd things. be the ones sending those videos in now, wouldn't they? Based on all the stuff I'm hearing for this show, it's if. Add in the cat girl, and we're sounding like it's sounding like a game that's based off of a dream that Mist has after he watches an episode of Gundam. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> so it, it's an action role playing game. And so here's the thing: 
these games take place on Earth. And so the weird part is, why are these characters like anthropomorphic dogs and stuff? Well, a lot of that stuff is addressed in the story of this game. So you get to hear more about the history of the world and learn why it takes place. The game actually takes place flying above the uh, continental Europe, like kind of the French area, uh, France area. So there's a... There's a big tie to our world, and you get to uh, figure out what's going on. And they even have concept art, which shows the main character appearing as a human. So there's some weird stuff going on in this game. But we finally have a date for it. There's, uh, I did get a chance to play it. Um, I, you know, and it was run around, beat stuff up, uh, counter, pick up missiles that are be thrown at me and thrown back at the enemies, that sort of stuff. And it, and it was pretty fun. Um, I don't know how it holds up under. A long play session. I only had like 20 minutes with the game, but uh, it's looking pretty promising. And if you're excited for more of the Tale Concerto series, you should be pretty excited about this title and picking it up come uh, this fall. It's also coming out uh, in Europe in July. So they uh, they took mostly the European translation and did some work to localize it to North America. So get some more more insider info for you there. All right. Oh oh. Yeah, yeah. I I just heard that apparently uh, there's a big Capcom's having a sale this weekend, an iOS sale. Lots of stuff is on uh, 99 cents. So if you want to pick up Phoenix Wright, the full first game on your iPod or whatever or iPad, it's a good time to pick it up. Nice. So uh, the Phoenix Wright games, eh? Yes, yeah, the full first game that was apparently so rare that they had to <laughs> that people demanded they print another copy. Remember that? Yeah. And they were selling on eBay for like $40, $50. Apparently, you can get that for a dollar now and play it anywhere. <laughs> so I'm looking up uh, Capcom on my app store. Are there any RPGs from Capcom? Do they have like Breath of Fire on here? Oh, uh, they like have that? the Monster Hunter game that you already picked up, right? Yeah, Dynamic Hunting. Is that on sale? Uh, I don't know. I think that's still full price. That's too bad. I'm looking. Is anything on sale other than the Phoenix Wright? Um, I don't know. Unfortunately, now that well, I, I I say unfortunately, but it's actually quite nice. So you know, since they added the uh, the iCloud stuff, right, and yeah. they let me uh, re-download all my games. Yeah, I can't tell anymore because everything I've purchased in the past has already downloaded. Would you like to re-download, sir? <laughs> well, I know Ghosts and Goblins Gold is on oh, sale. Resident Evil Mercenaries. Cents. If you want uh, Resident Evil Mercenaries versus, that's ninety nine cents. Yeah, is that any good? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Oh, I bet Street Fighter 4 is 99 cents. That one's pretty decent. Yeah, it is. Sweet. Street Fighter's fun. Street Fighter 4, go pick that up. Yeah, 99 cents. You're right. Um, and it's 99 cents until the release of Street Fighter 4 Volt in July. They are doing what Capcom always does and releasing a new version of the same Isn't thing. Isn't that, that the you comic book? Uh, Volt? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was a new game. You'll have huh. to tell me more. I thought it was I thought it was a new game like, you know, Super Street Fighter or Super Street Fighter Arcade or something like that. So Cool. My mistake. Oh, Dead Rising Mobile if you want it. Dead Rising Mobile. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there you go. Let's see. Street Fighter 4 Volt. Oh, we don't cover this. Why am I even wasting time on it? Some people on our site wish we would cover it. Yeah, it is. It is actually a new game. Uh, retains the previous game's quality visuals and two distinct advantages: a bigger roster and three new three new people. 
uh, let's see. They designed it as a two-player experience. You'll be able to mash someone's face online or through Bluetooth, which you could always do. And you'll get, here comes a new challenger notifications when someone wants to play with you. Mm. And you could save replays. And so that's cool. So it's a yeah. new and improved version of the Street Fighter 4 on iPhone. Great. Man, we are short on news. <laughs> we'll cover anything this week. You got anything, oh. you send it in. We'll cover it. All right. But I still also, well, are we moving on to the next story? or? Yeah. Shouldn't we? Is there something else? Uh, I guess we could talk about our Rusty Hearts Closed Beta. That's right. So uh, we, have, we have a contest with a Perfect World Interactive. Is that their full name or Perfect World Games? Uh, Perfect World Entertainment. Perfect World Entertainment, yeah. and they're start. They're gonna have a well. Sarah Magar, our our graphics guru around here, she played Rusty Hearts during E3, and she apparently she really liked it. And Perfect World Entertainment liked what she had to say, so they offered us the chance to give you guys a beta key. The closed beta starts on uh, July no June twenty seventh. So what is this this Monday, right? Um. I guess so. I thought it was later. Yeah. I thought it was in July, but all right. Wait, when does it start? Let me see. I thought it see. was July 20th. Yeah, I thought it was July. I'll check right now. Because the yeah. contest ends on the 1st. Well, Manny, I'll check. Why don't you tell people how they enter? Well, all you need to do... Oh, you're right. As for Closed beta is scheduled for July 27th, not June 27th. Yep. Uh, then we should really extend that contest to not just be one week. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, based on everything I've heard, we got so many CD keys that we're probably just going to end up giving them away. Well, that's what we are doing. We have 3,000 codes to give away. We do not. We do. We do? We have 3,000? Yep. Mm-hmm. How are we going to give away 3,000 codes? We have over 100,000 unique visitors a month, Clarice. <laughs> that's a lot of people. If you want to play, all you need to do, this is great. To enter. Respond in the forums and you'll get one. Story stories on the front page. Obviously, we've got a message boards in our thread, and we've got a thread in our message boards. Excuse me, in our latest update section called Rusty Hearts Closed Beta Key Giveaway. Go there. Just say why you want to play, and uh, if we really have three thousand keys, you're you're going to get one. So um, here's hoping we come up with maybe a more automated process that lets people just claim the keys soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going to take a while. Otherwise, Nix is going to be sending out a lot of emails. That's like oh, that's, that's like the amount of keys that Curse.com gets for a, for a beta. That's that's a ton of keys. That's awesome. Way to get yeah. some. We got some they, recognition. They recognize. They appreciate us. They say we like RP Gamer and we like their audience. Damn it, they better. Um, I've already signed up, so you'll be able to play with me. Uh, so just uh, oh, go. We can have a, a game night. We could totally have a game we night could this have a, summer. Yeah, who wants to have a game night? Just get one of these keys. You'll be able Every, to play. That's it. It's official. Everyone, go get a Rusty Hearts beta key. We're all going to play together one day in the summer. That's and we're right. We're just going to have like big RPG cast gathering. That's right, darn it. That'll be awesome. That'll be pretty sweet, actually. I can't wait now. <laughs> you know what else I can't wait for? Mm. More Monolith Soft games, since they never seem to come out here. <sighs> So I'll probably be waiting for a long time. But Monolith Sauce, Monolith Sauce, Monolith Soft has announced Monolith that Sauce, Monolith Sauce. sauce. Mm-hmm. That's what I put on all my Wii games before eating them. Monolith Soft has announced they're making a Wii U game, and that's all they've really said. But uh, these are the people who made Xenoblade. People are really excited to try and actually get Xenoblade out here since it's coming to Europe, but not to America. So um, <laughs> if you're out in Europe, uh, I guess make sure to. 
well, if you're really interested in Xenoblade, figure out how to get a PAL game to show up on your US TV and uh, import a system in the game. But uh, if you're not that crazy, keep hoping. And uh, look forward to this Wii U game maybe coming out here. But that's all we know. We just know it's it's there's a game. We don't know anything other than that than they're hiring for it. So excitement, anticipation. You guys interested in more from the people who brought us Xenotype games in the past? We shall see. We shall see. Oh, you don't know if you're interested? You have to see if well, you're interested. Well, it depends what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I, get, I get burned too often by from the guys who did this before. I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we have to see what it is first. Who knows? They could be like world-renowned RPG make- makers and suddenly for... We're making a new Facebook game on the Wii U. Wait. Or for the Wii U, we're going to make our own version of Cooking Mama. <laughs> I don't want a monolith soft version of Cooking Mama. By the end of it, by the end of the time that you're done with your recipes, you'll be questioning your entire existence. Just cooking Marmar. Yes. Point being, we have to wait and see what it is. Existentialist Cooking Mama. Mm. All right. I'm going to take a break here, and we're going to play a little song that was sent in from our own legendary Zoltan. From our own, like we own him. I want to own him. All right. As a staff member, not a... Anyway, playing the song now. Awkward. Enjoy. Chris wants a six sleigh. Awkward.
Wow. Thank you, Legendary Zoltan, for blowing our socks off. Or knocking our socks off. Blowing our hair back. Well, whatever. Here's what he had to say about that song. Listen to this song and imagine that you are gathering your party members, mounting horses and riding into the horizon while singing a song about how good you look on that horse. Apparently that's what you're supposed to do when you listen to that. So, thank you, Legendary Zoltan. Love your submissions. Let's move on to our picks and avoids of the week. (laughs) Just Doug says he was there, man. Oh, dude, uh, speaking of the music, uh, the Sanctum will probably be running a contest sometime within the next week or so, hopefully, providing Matt can provide to find the game to give away his prize. About what? What is the contest well, going to uh, be for? Well, we're pl- planning on running a contest for uh, coming up for new opening and closing music for the Sanctum. Ah, I've been trying to get new new music for the RPG cast for like two years now. No one will make me anything. <laughs> well, Garrett's trying to do stuff, but he says that, in, but he's busy. He, he's been in a, a rut, and it's been really hard trying to contact him. So, yeah. thinking about throwing it out to the thing to the people, and we're looking at different games to potentially give out as prizes with Steam codes. Hmm. Well, and speaking of Garrett, he's on Skype right now, but he's away. So we can't even bug him. Oh, let's just showed up. Oh, well, whatever. People don't want to hear about me surfing the Skype list, but what they do want to hear about, Mister Roy Burnett. What did you play this week? Anything? Ocarina of Time 3DS. Hey, so did I. <laughs> I, 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 I. I ignored I, Manny's advice and I bought Ocarina of Time 3DS. So, th- are you glad you bought it? Yes. Hey, you know what? It's kind of a good game. What? And then the, the, the 3D in it, the 3D in it, man, is actually really good. <laughs> yes. It no, is. I don't care about the 3D part. I just I've been to hear Chris to say that this game he hated for so long. I'm like, it's okay, man. I like, I and I defended you too, saying, "Hey, everyone, it's all right that Chris doesn't like this game. You leave him alone." Well, and now you tell me this whole time you just didn't give it a fair shake. Well, it helps a lot when you use an FAQ. That's what I oh. learned. Okay. Unbelievable. You've got to cheat through the first couple hours and get a lot of power-ups for your character, and then you can just stop worrying about stuff and go and have fun in the dungeons. That's what I learned. Unbelievable. (laughs) That's the last time I stand for Because the thing that frustrates me is how stupid its overworld puzzles is, are where they they hide stuff. It's like, no one's going to figure that crap out. And that's what they do. And so it always infuriated me that I could never, like, get the stuff that I could see. When it, you know, it's hiding stuff just out of place and just the way they, they just put crap it's out. A, it's that thing, like, you, you, you see the heart container, but how do I get it? Yeah, and, and it's not like something that you have to figure out. It's like they don't, it's not clear, like, I need to wait till later and then all of a sudden I'll do something else completely unrelated and shoot out inside that windmill and be able to get that heart container. It frustrates me. Um, but what, it's called what Metroid does it all the time. That's the entire core of what Metroid is. Okay, I guess I don't know. Yeah, and even the new uh, what's it called? The new Laura Croft is going to be the same way. You're going to see things in the environment that you want to get to, but you can't because you don't have the right equipment for it. Yeah, Shadow. I found the damn cow that's in a cave on the top of the mountain, which I still don't understand. Why is there a cow She's just in a chilling, cave man. She's on top chilling. of the mountain? 
She has she's like she Betsy in, in Booty Bay, just hanging out at just, the top of the steps. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I resisted buying the 3DS, but I went ahead and knuckled under and bought it for Ocarina of Time. Uh-huh. I knew I would. <laughs> and I bought it, and it's awesome. Is it? Ever, it's just as awesome as much as it ever was. I, I'll tell you what the real difference is. Um, it's not any of that baloney I'm, th- I'm spewing forth earlier. That that made things easier for me because I put, spent a lot of time playing the game a, a long time ago and gave up on it. And so every time I've restarted, I just feel like, oh, I've got to do all this stuff again. And it's going to be annoying. So going through an FAQ helped me do all that stuff again quickly and better than I ever did it before. And so I felt like, oh, my guy's pretty awesome now. I'm going to have fun with this. But what's really set this game apart from the N64 version is it doesn't look as ugly. Yeah, it's pretty now. <laughs> it's a lot prettier. <laughs> I I I have like this intense distaste for N64 games because of how blurry and blah the textures look. They're like the epitome of why I hate the shift to 3D gaming. And I, I mean 3D the graphics, not 3D the 3D the the graphics. But uh I it looks a lot nice, doesn't it? And it it does, and for me, one thing I always hated about the original N sixty four version was, especially if you try and go back and play it today, is that games like and the number ones that come to mind are the Ocarina of Time and Final Fantasy seven VII and eight. I think are the biggest offenders of this one of the three D character models on the two D backgrounds. Mm-hmm. They just stand out in such contrast for it, or makes it look even uglier. Like either go all two D or all three D. Even if the 3D look, looks like shit, it would look better. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, what are you finding uh, while playing through Zelda again? Are you are you finding things that you never found before? Because you you don't sound like the guy who would consult an FAQ. Are you? Uh, or do you already no, know everything I, I, I is? A, uh, actually, I never really played Ocarina of Time too much back in the day, so most of it's new for me. Mm-hmm. And I tried. Um, it, that was one of those retro titles for me that I still had an N64, so I went ahead and bought it on eBay and couldn't get myself to play it because of how ugly it looked. <laughs> <laughs> so it coming out on the 3DS is great for me because I've never really played it that much before. I played, I think, when I bought it on eBay, this was a couple years ago, I think I played right up until right before the Fire Temple and just said, no, I can't do this. It's too ugly. It's an eyesore. Hey, that's where I am. I've just become a, I've just become an adult and finished the first temple. And uh, now they're telling me to become a kid again. And I don't know what's going on. It's like they're telling me to waste time. That's what it feels like. So I've yet to understand this game's secrets. And then even if I hadn't bought a 3DS for this, I definitely would have knuckled under when it came once they released uh, Super Mario and Mario Kart later this year. This game, you know what's so weird is that the gameplay doesn't really need the 3D at all, right? I mean, the 3D is just kind of a gimmicky thing. Um, yeah, for this one, but it does look really pretty with the 3D on. It looks nice. I, I like looking at it more with the 3D on than I do with the 3D off. That's the weird part for me. It, it 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 looks really. This is by far their best effort of making use of the 3D so far. And, and it's just just as a graphical accent. I I'm shocked at how well they did that. And given that the system's only been out for like three months, that's not really saying much. But still, it looks really good. 
Yeah. And it, it, it is it is such a graphical improvement over the N64 version. Gosh, the the textures, the animations, everything is so much better from a visual perspective. Yeah. The and, gameplay is largely untouched. And, and the only my, real... Yeah. The only real addition that they made to the gameplay was that you can use the gyroscope effect when you're aiming the slingshot and the bow and arrow, and, and I, it actually works really well. I do that all the time. I know some people are like, oh, I can Can I turn that off? I'm like, I, I don't want it off. You can. I hate, I hate having you, it off. I want it on. <laughs> so. and, um, the, the only knock I could put against it so far is that... Um, and like the only thing I can think to complain about it is that when you're using the gyroscope aiming, it does mess. You have to turn the 3D off while right. you're doing that because it you can't. It's hard to aim it with the gyroscope and keep that sweet spot oh, at the same time. I do that, but uh, I'm getting used to using the 3DS and locking my head and syncing up my movement of my arms with my head and neck to make it work perfectly. It's a, yeah, it's a skill me, you have to learn. <laughs> Yeah, that is something for the 3DS. Mastering keeping it in the sweet spot, it it, it takes about an hour to get used to it. Mm -hmm. And then you're good. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I, yeah. I definitely know. I was one of those people that almost never bought a new game system when it launched and whatnot. But now that I'm older and I have money, I like to get all my game systems when they launched. Ah, okay. I just I like to do it, and I was glad about E3 when they finally said, "Like, Corey, when's the Vita coming out, and how much of my money do they want?" Because I already knew I wanted it the moment I saw it. <laughs> so now that I'm coming around on Legend of Zelda, I have to wonder: Does this mean I need to spend a ton of time playing all these other Zeldas as well? Because I've got Twilight Princess to play through, Wind Waker uh, to play through. Let's one step at a time. Let's the see. Two if you DS this ones. One. Yeah, but like as soon one. as I. I don't know. Is this like the best one and I'm just ne never going to be happy with anyone after this? No, 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 no. Have you played Wind Waker at all? I played uh, about an hour of it. It that, seemed it seemed good. Of... It seemed good to me. I just never got back around to it. I mean, that's often like, well, finish it on your Wii before the Wii U comes out because that's not backwards compatible. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I, I did play the DS one that looks like Wind Waker a lot more. Uh, the um, uh, like, Phantom Hourglass. I put like ten hours into that, and I just got bored with it. But I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, that if, you, if if you're choosing between the two DS games, the Spirit Tracks is a lot better than Phantom. What about Phantom versus uh, Wind Waker? Uh, um, I'd say Wind Waker's better. Okay, Wind Waker versus Spirit Tracks. I'll go Wind Waker on that one too. Okay, uh, that's what I was hoping. Ramsey in the chat room says, "Screw this! I'm waiting for Dream Drop Distance before I get a 3DS." So, hmm. this isn't going to be enough for him. How about Wind Waker in 3D? What what else needs a 3D remake that just uses the the graphics nicely and upgrades it? It's kind of like an HD remake, but also a 3D. What else could we do? Well, they're Any doing other... Star Fox 64, which is going to be yeah, good. yeah, yeah. What about the RPG or games that we cover like RPGs, like Zelda? Super Mario RPG. Ooh, I don't know that that would work because that's not a 3D graphics game. Well, they could make it a 3D graphics game. Kind of like they did with Excitebike. Well, yeah, and, um, you know, there was one thing I was heard from when they, from the E3 where they first announced the 3DS is that um, from some of the 2D titles they displayed in 3D, it actually looked really good. The chat room is shouting for Kirby in 3D. 
Also not an RPG. Noodle. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, that'd be pretty cool. I, I actually don't want to see a remake of Kirby in 3D. I want to see a new game that actually takes advantage of the 3D like as a gameplay mechanic because I think Sakurai could do something cool with that. But he's busy with no. uh, Icarus now. Well, I, I think if they want to do a um, a complete remake for remaking a game in 3D, I, I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing Final Fantasy VI in a 3D remake for the 3DS. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's happening. But yeah, because um, nice. because if 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 they did a 3D remake for either the P the Vita or the uh, the 3DS, it would look really good. I'm 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 actually glad that if they're going to do a remake for that, it missed the DS because the 3DS the 3D for Final Fantasy IV was god awful ugly. Yeah, it was. We need a way of distinguishing between 3D graphics and 3D visual effect. I'm gonna come up with something. Gotta come up with something. Oh, can't you right. say lenticular? Lenticular, lenticular uh-huh. 3D. Well, what about like 3D on a TV that's not lenticular? Uh, shutter 3D. 3D. <laughs> but now when I, but, but they're the kind of the same sort of 3D concept though, right? That's just a technology implementation that's different. So I mean, what is how that about, concept? How about, how about pop out 3D? All right, pop out 3D instead of graphics 3D. <laughs> so pop pop out instead of polygons. Pop out versus polygons. Got it. All right, we got it. Manny, do you have any picks or avoids this week? Oh, hold on. I got some. I, I And I did a quick fire RPG cast question. Yeah. And we got a couple responses. King Abdul says he picked. Oh, here's. I should tell you what the question you is. You tell huh? what the question is? Yeah. Who picked up Ocarina of Time 3DS? If yes, are you enjoying it? Okay. King Abdul got it, and he's enjoying it immensely. Um, I'd consider it, and this is Imitanus or something. I'd consider it as a Maverick. Played it the first time, but I would take. I don't understand what he's saying. I'd okay. consider it as I Maverick played it the first time, but it would take more to get me to buy the 3DS first. Oh, there you go. I don't know what Maverick played means, but he uh, must be British or something. Is that a Britishism? I, I, guess. I think he's trying to say that he played it a lot. Yeah, I think that's what he's going for. So he he really liked it on his N64, but it would take more than just this game coming out again to make him buy a 3DS. This is like the perfect release for me because it got me interested in the game again and got me playing it. So like, I'm the target market for this. I don't know about people who've played it a ton. I mean, well, I don't know. I'm not interested. I'm not interested because I played it on the. Remember when uh, you played it on the GameCube, right? Yeah, that, that re-release. Yeah, I have yeah, that. I, played it. I already played it a bunch when I was in middle school. Yeah, this is my third copy of the damn game. But... Yeah, so <laughs> I played it a bunch in middle school, and then I got the the special pre-order disc, and then I played it again normally, and then I played it again as in the Master Quest version. So I've already okay. played that game at least four times. Hmm. Well, Manny, you can answer this. When we beat it, when me and Chris finally beat it in Master Quest, is it worth replaying it again through Master Quest? Um, not right away. Give yourself oh, some breathing okay. room and then come back to it and it'll be a nice surprise. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, it's yeah. worth going back to. I mean, they change the dungeons up so much that like puzzles that you're so used to, it's not just they, they don't just mirror puzzles. They change things around completely. And a lot of the focus seems to be finding the Skulltullas inside those dungeons too because they're more, they're even trickier to find. Oh, yeah, because they're not very tricky to find in dungeons right now. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, it's, but I wouldn't say beat the entire game and then go do Master Quest again. That might be a little too much deja vu. I, 
you know, honestly, looking through the list of prizes you get for the Skulltala, it seems like you only need like 30 of them before you just give up on that whole thing. No, you you basically do it because you're obsessive and you want to get everything. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, Ramsey, Ram- Master Quest is on the 3DS version of... Uh, oh, of not only 3DS. that, so you get, when you beat the game, you get the Master Quest version, and then at some point, you also unlock a boss rush mode. Uh, as you beat the bosses, you unlock it. You go back to your bed in your uh, in Kokiri Village, and you just choose the boss you want to fight. And it will uh, you can play the bosses directly, and it times your 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 stuff and all that. Though I guess that's not the same as a boss rush, so maybe that unlocks too. Because like right now, I just go to my bed and I can play all the bosses that I've beaten. You know, it, it's weird. Um, it's like I don't hate that this game has come out, but at the same, I, like I would never purchase this, never ever ever, because I just feel. I don't know. I kind of want something new at this point in the listener mm-hmm. lifestyle, but I'm kind of glad that people who missed out on this game, like for a lot of people, it's just their first time playing Ocarina of Time. And it seems like it's the best version of it. So. Yeah. So far? It's not for me, but at the same time, a lot of what Nintendo does isn't for me anymore. But at the same time, I appreciate that there are people out there who are enjoying this game. See, I know Anne is opposite of you. She's like, Chris, if you don't buy Ocarina of Time 3DS, I'm going to buy it because she's coming to visit and she wants to play it on my 3DS while I'm while she's here. And she's like, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it because that's my favorite game. Oh my gosh, I play that game so many times. So she wants to just play it more and more and more. So she's kind of opposite of you there. Well, I just there. I have so many games in my backlog, so many new experiences to try out to that's play a game. I I already sunk. I, I don't even know how many hours into again. Yeah, but for me, I'm finishing a game on my backlog from eons ago. So, so it works a lot better for me. Oh, pretty cool stuff. Roy, did you have any other things else that you played this week? Is that it? Um, the only thing else I've done this week as far as games besides Ocarina is uh, trying to get Dungeon Seas to work on my computer. Ah, uh, and it's not? Well, um, for some reason, I've had trouble with... Um, this is the only two games that I've ever had trouble with it, but... um. Dungeon Siege 3 and Fable 3. Apparently, there's something going on with my Alienware system. Some, there's a there's a background program in, on the Alienware that allows me to control like the lights of the keyboard and the BIOS and all that stuff. And for some reason, that that system likes to mess around with certain games. Okay. And of Let's all the that. games I've ever I'm, it's everyone tells me I need to keep up, I need to update it to get the games to work and it'll work fine but every time I tell it to scan for updates it says there isn't one oh that's pretty weird so I have to I've been trying to get that game to work although I've been reading the reviews for it and most of the yeah, reviews are yeah are you sure it's worth it, the effort <laughs> yeah most of the reviews are saying that it's mediocre so starting oh. to wonder whether or not I should bother heard that too so all right, Dungeon Siege 3. I kind of decided to skip on it because it's $60 for a game that no one's really liking and you might have some fun with on multiplayer, maybe, except that you can't bring your, your character over to your friend's multiplayer game. You have to kind of start a new character that lives in their game. Doesn't sound that fun. Yeah, it's it, even Dead Island lets you bring in your... I mean, this isn't like a new thing. Dead Island lets you bring in your character that you spend all your hours with. Borderlands lets you do it. I mean, it, I mean, these are games that are even people don't even. Well, like, yeah, those are multiplayer focused games, and I'm guessing this the, that's the whole crux of this game, right? Mm-hmm. Multiplayer focused. Why not? I want answers. Yes. 
Yeah, for a so game that says that it wants you, it's it's even advertising it through the co-op, saying like, oh, on the commercials, saying like, play it with co-op, and it's got yeah, yeah, but the, the, the back couch play is what they're it's doing. Exactly. Yeah. So they expect you to somehow be on the same file no matter what. Mm-hmm. All right, let me see. Do you guys want to see? Do you guys trust the GameSpy and IGN reviews? No, go ahead. What, what are they? All what right. are they saying? Oh, who did the cheat code central? Let's see if our uh, sometimes site member Becky Cunningham. Oh, not sometimes. I should say part time. Okay, no, it's not her. She didn't do it. Okay, so it, it got Becky's on the site. Well, <laughs> Becky may be on the site part time, but she still does more work than me and Chris. Mm. It's funny though because she. Does have like an entire full time job somewhere else too? Mm-hmm. Uh, like here we go. Dungeon Siege Three, IGN, Charles Onyet. Do you know who that is? Anybody? Uh, no. All right. So, I guess his opinion is okay. Lasting appeal: a decent linear story mode, best played. Mo- oh, a decent linear story mode, best played alone. Multiplayer is so restricted; it's almost pointless. And there's no new game plus mode for dedicated players. Ouch. That's mm. Which yeah. is kind it's of a detraction in all loot-driven games. Hmm? I said that's a major detraction in all loot-driven game. Yeah. No, let me see really quickly. Uh. uh okay. Two two can play the game off offline with a drop-in co-op system, which can be good for a little while. But the inability to transfer your character items and progress out of another game out of another's game. For your own individual use is still frustrating. Yeah. Not terrible. That is pretty bad. You know, right. although there is something that should be mentioned that I think Obsidian finally managed to do. What? Of all the reviews I've read for it, this is an Obsidian game, and I haven't read one review complaining about rampant bugs. You mean other than the... Well, okay. Yeah, I guess not. They've they've all been complaining about the multiplayer issue, but no one's really been complaining about major bugs. See, I don't know what's worse though, because then that the, because if it's bugs, you'll be like, oh, well, they're they're a small studio and they have and they're really ambitious, you know. If it's buggy, you could almost forgive it, but when you're like, when it's a, a terrible design choice and design fly, you go, what are these people thinking? Gah. It's still a major step up for Obsidian. Say they've managed to release a game without one game breaking bug, just a game breaking feature. Yeah. <laughs> Still a step in the right direction for them, though. Sure is. Sorry, I'm fighting with my computer here. So wait, wait, wait. There are some. Apparently, oh. there are some bugs. Oh, some people okay. have been complaining about how um the uh about PC controls on the on the PC version, like the mouse and keyboard controls, and they've already and Obsidian's already vowed to pat to to release a patch to improve the PC control so well, I guess I would be complaining about that if I can get the damn game to work mm. so, but I don't know if that's a bug or once again another design flaw hmm. I don't know I don't know Pretty haven't got question. to play the game yet and I'm not going to rebuy it to front consoles <laughs> you know I think that's the problem though, is that it looks best on PC but it seems like it was designed for a controller hmm I do know the one major detraction I've been hearing of it outside of the multiplayer issue is um, it's a loot-driven game, and the loot just isn't that good. That kind of stinks. Yeah, the, I've, I've read several reviews saying like where you equip a new piece of loot and you really can't tell the, the bonus it's given you. 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've everyone's given Obsidian so many chances. It's time, to, it's time to be done with Obsidian, you're saying? No, not to be done, but like this kind of idea is like, oh, Obsidian's got a new game coming out. Now I'm I'm not going to be instantly excited. It's going to be more like, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Then again, we could all be wrong. We I'm, haven't played this game. It could be, it can, we can, it can get a great review from RP Gamers still. Yeah, still could. Um, probably won't, but still could. Still oh, not an RPG related news, but for those that do care about PC games, LA Noir is coming to PC this fall. Yeah, that's interesting news. Um, Which I'll get. A lot of the a lot of the Rockstar games, games come out to PC later. So. You know who does cover? You know who does cover adventure games now? Who? RPG fan. Oh, good for them. They write reviews for uh, what's it called? For uh, the Monkey Island games. Yeah, Telltale stuff. Yeah. Neat. Go them. It's okay though. We have a sister site for that. Adventure Gamer. AdventureGamer.com. Yeah. Uh, do we actually? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. uh, you you laugh. A former staff member of RP Gamer. If you guys remember Google Schnag, way 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 back in the game, the slime who did Q and A. He always wanted to start an adventure gaming site, just like RP Gamer, that was very comprehensive with adventure games. He'd be really busy right now since we've got this resurgence going on of adventure games. So never really did that, but. Pretty interesting idea, I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. still, that that's a that's still a really small genre, even with the resurgence. It's, it's getting pretty saturated. People are starting to get tired of them again. It's a genre dominated by one company, though. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, the, you know, there, the, you know, there are more though. Like Lele Noir and uh, the Heavy, heavy rain. rain. Yeah, I mean, other people get. It doesn't seem it. like the big out the big outliers, right? It seems like what's well, how really how many AAA to... ones do you need? I don't know. If you're if you're a fan, well, based a lot, on right? all the yeah, reviews I'm seeing, the uh, apparently the Back to the Future ones are really popular. Mm-hmm. That they are pretty good stuff. So I didn't play much of anything else. I I I I own now all the Rock Band games and all the Guitar Hero games, and so I spent a good four hours installing and doing imports of the uh, of the various titles, so that I can get them all imported into the latest versions of Rock Band and Guitar Hero. So I have all the songs in there. I I can't believe how long it took to do all that stuff, but it's done. So they're all cheap now. By the way, if you ever wanted to complete your Bamani collection, that's the way to do it. Uh, and I tried out some DJ Hero 2, and man, the songs in that game are great. I don't know if you, anyone, if you have a chance to try out DJ Hero 2, please do it. Some good stuff. I don't know you're into hip hop and rap, Chris. Uh, I am. Flavor, flav. Good stuff. Um, All right. And I do like uh, mashups because they tend to de-emphasize the songs that I don't like as much and just focus on the good parts of them. So I find that helps a lot. Oh, look at this! So this is interesting. There is a call to arms to get people to help bring Xenoblade to the U.S. So how's this working? So there's a oh, campaign. Oh, plus Last Story and Pandora, right? Well, yeah, we'd love to get everything, but let's see what we can get. So, okay, so it's for all three of those games, and they are going to do what? The, the si- campaign includes snail mail writing, email, phone calls, Facebook, and Twitter. And the turnout has been beyond all expectations thus far. Comments on Nintendo's Facebook has passed have passed over 1,300, over 1,324 hours. And they they want us to pre-order Xenoblade. What? Oh, how are we pre-ordering? How do we pre-order this? 
This is weird. Oh, we want to pre-order Monado Beginning of the World. What's Monado? I don't know what that one is. Oh, that's the that's Xenoblade. That's the other name. Okay. So we're pre-ordering the old announced title for Xenoblade in order to show people that we want it. Okay. It doesn't they don't charge you on a pre-order, so I can do that. How do they do this, Manny? So you go to you go to Amazon.com. Okay, so I, have, I just saw uh, that our EIC yeah, yeah. tweeted it. All right, well, here's the details. So say you want some of these Nintendo RPGs coming out here. You want Xenoblade, aka Monado. You want Last Story, and you want Pandora. Well, we're trying to figure out what we can do. So they've got a campaign doing snail mail writing, email, phone calls, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, and there's a little good. there's yeah. a little thing right at the bottom. How it came about, how the campaign started. Okay. So I don't know. Apparently, just. Let me see. Uh, no, you got it. I'll, I'll let you go, Flo. Uh, okay. You want you want me to read through the timeline? Oh no, no. Just you go ahead. Don't. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, I was just gonna say. So they've got a timeline on this post on NeoGaf. There's a thread on NeoGaf called "Call to Arms." Nintendo fans help bring Xenoblade to the U.S. Plus Last Story plus Pandora. If you want to find all the details here, they've got a timeline of how this all came about. But the important part is, what do you need to do? So the big thing they're focusing on right now is having you pre-order Monado on Amazon. So go to Amazon, pre-order it. They don't charge you for a pre-order until it ships. So um, you're actually not going to be charged by pre-ordering now. But uh, So I'm pre-ordering right now because it doesn't matter to me because uh, you know, this game probably nev- never going to come out anyway. But hey, we'll try. So <laughs> I'm pre-ordering the game on there to show people that p- people want it. So we're getting a uh, this is this is funny. It's now number thirty in the video game section. It's a game that's not even been officially announced. It's number one on Wii Action Games and number five in all games. So, and it's not even it's not even out. It's not even been announced. So we're just pre-ordering this to show Nintendo that we want this stuff. Wow, this is great. And it just keeps going higher and higher. Oh wait, as of June twenty fifth today, it is number nine in video games, number one in Wii Action Games, and number one in Wii All Games. Wow. This is pretty cool. So is this going to happen for real? Are we going to get these games ported? I don't know. This is like the best way I've ever thought of doing it. Like, just try pre-ordering it. I mean, show them that you want the damn game published. I mean, they have. It's translated. All they need to do is, like, bring it on the U.S. Wii instead of the, the European one. So it's not like they need to do a lot here. Hmm. Damn. Do we cover Star Wars Galaxies? Um, yeah, it's an MMO, but we're not done with this yet. <laughs> but yes, I know what you're going to say. We'll get to that. It's a big story. Um, let them know. So other things you should do on, uh, as far as this campaign goes, you should tell people on the Nintendo Facebook that you want to, uh, buy Monado. And apparently they've got, this is funny. They've they've hijacked a Nintendo birthday thing for Sonic, Sonic and Mario and Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games, and they're do they've done 1,681 comments on this thread that's completely unrelated to <laughs> completely unrelated to this. This is great. This is funny. So you go comment on their Facebook page and tweet at them at at Nintendo America, and let them know that you want it to. You want this to come out here. So, in other news, Roy, tell us about Star Wars Galaxy, because this is big. 
uh, Star Wars uh, Galaxies and the their trading card game will be shutting down this November. Dun dun dun! Making room for I, the new Bioware MMO. Yeah, I, I assume that's why they're doing it so they don't have two competing Star Wars MMOs. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You say competing, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxies isn't competing with anybody, huh? Probably not, but. <laughs> Yeah. So, Thank anything you. else? How many servers are still uh, up and running? Don't know. I don't even know anyone that still plays Galaxies anymore, but <laughs> there it is. It's shutting down, if anyone cares. Although I doubt they do. All right. Well, that's a high note to end the show on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Annie, you haven't talked about anything, any picks or avoids that you have this week. <gasps> I have a pick right now. Apparently, yeah, you can buy. You can buy Muramasa the Demon Blade on Wii for $12 from Amazon.com. Whoa, go check that out. That's pretty cool. A stylish vanillaware game. Yeah, 12 bucks. Nice. So you didn't actually play anything this week? Uh, I posted a few stories. A, a, torchlight, a torchlight impression. Uh, what else did I do? Torchlight, Skyrim, and of Orcs and Men. That was my game time this week. Boring, huh? And I'm probably going to watch uh, that show, The Walking Dead, as soon as they're over with this. Okay, there we go. Is that still going on? I don't know. I remember they fired the entire writing staff after the first six episodes. Oh, that's great. People liked it, too. Why would they fire everybody? I have no idea. Man, there's some cheap... If you want, if you're a Wii, if you own a Wii and you haven't picked up any of these RPGs, everything is dirt cheap, brand new. Like Okami, $14. $14.75, brand new, Amazon. Twilight Princess, $20. Wow. I may have to start picking up some Wii games. Nice. All right. So that's it. That's that's my I, pick I'm this week. I'm so excited now to do this 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 campaign. I, I like want to go door to door now and get signatures or something. Let's let's make this. Sir, will you join happen. my campaign, sir? I should write some <laughs> letters, too. Hmm. So you're going to go for it? You're going to support them all heartily? Well... I don't know if I'm going to actually write letters. That's the weird part, though. If you actually write real letters, that makes an impact on people more than Facebook and Twitter. So it's probably the best thing you can do. Well, I think they've, it's easy to write a message on Facebook or Twitter, but if you're going to write a letter, it's because you actually care. You're going to take the time to go down to the post office, put a stamp on it, seal it. Yep. Put a yeah. stamp on it. And well, there you go, RP. RP. RP Gamer fan base, it's time to write letters and blitz the Nintendo mailboxes. That's right. They've got uh they they've organized this a bit. So you're supposed to write letters for each of the four games that there are three games that they're doing here. Pandora's Tower, Last Story, and Xenoblade. And you have to um time out when it arrives. So they want letters for each game to arrive at a certain point. So I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I like the idea of sending candy bars to them too. Because like uh, apparently when Jericho went off the air, people sent in nuts to CBS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I was about to tell you about that story. So yeah, the pounds and pounds, like I don't know, like I mean, twenty, thirty pounds of nuts. Like no, a lot of a lot of nuts, like wow. sacks and sacks. And because there was this line in the, this is line in the show where someone says, "Why well, not forget it? It worked." And they got another season of Jericho out of it, so That's it was great. Awesome. Did they actually wrap up the show? Uh, for the most part, they gave it like a decent send off because that that show ended on a terrible cliffhanger. The uh, in the first season, yeah, yeah. 
That would be awful. So you can understand why people are so angry. So the, instead of – they were clever about it. They just didn't write angry letters or threaten anybody. They picked a, a like a distinctive line from the show and they sent it straight to the producers and to the, the guys in charge. And they said like, wow, people really care about this. And I think it also works similarly for Farscape. Farscape got back in the air and got like a fourth season and a movie out of it. I, I, but then that, again, that's TV, right? I mean I don't – That's why I like this uh, – Ooh, I just want Robo. Wow. And now I'm back to normal. That was really strange. Right. Uh, anyway, saying? I was saying, uh, some. Oh, I totally lost my train of thought, but I think I was going to say something about internet generation, people being lazy. Mm. Right. Yes, that's why I like this Amazon campaign of pre-ordering, because we're the internet generation. We play, sit around play video games. We don't go down to the post office. What do we do that for? So I'll, just clicking the pre-order button on Amazon is great, because it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know. This is pretty cool. Take a stand. Take a stand. That's right. Oh, I was saying, does anyone Amazon is anyone Amazon actually paying attention or is it like a bot that just sort of connects what you want with what they have in their warehouse? It's just a bot. No one's paying attention. It's depressing. I mean, so then how do they, they, made, the, how do they, they know? made this listing cuz Amazon will make, make listings for products like when they're just announced, right? Cuz that's mm-hmm. that's silly not to. But uh they there's no there's no tie back to Nintendo necessarily, so someone from Amazon's gonna have to call Nintendo and say, hey, you know, you guys have eighty million copies sold if you just bring this game out. And yeah, hopefully, but hopefully who, they'll do that. Yeah, but who's paying attention though? Like you said, uh, I don't know. Well, if people people, it's if, not like people I, don't if, pay attention to their products. Well, if five million people on Amazon had the game reserved. It, it, Someone at Amazon would notice that. Someone has to curate these listings at some point. Well, there's like not only that, of five million people reserving a particular product to a lot of people. Well, that's that's the yeah, and that's the point of having it number one on the list. Is those products someone's going to look at and think about because they're number one on the lists, right? So if you get it to like number one in video games overall, someone's going to notice that. And it's in the press now, so that probably helps too. Can't hurt. Definitely can't hurt. So I'm loving that. Everybody, go pre-order Xenoblade and stuff. Or write some letters. That's probably cheaper for you. Except Has that already came out in it. Europe yet? I don't know. I don't think so. But I know you it's supposed you don't to, to. You don't have to do anything. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait and play it when you want. <laughs> but you can you can pre-order. If you pre-order Xenoblade in America, it might help with Lost Story. Maybe. Oh yeah, I'm getting less story too, aren't I? Are you? I don't think so. I think so. No, I don't I think, think that's so. localized at all. Really? I thought they announced it for Europe. Yeah, they did. Yeah, <laughs> yay me. <laughs> uh, according to Nintendo France, it's it's technically a rumor, but that's kind of uh, cool. well. Rumor or not, yay me. This is pretty sweet. I love this. I love this. Let's make stuff happen. Okay, um, I think that's it. That's a show, people. That's a show. We took, we made a show out of nothing. And I've got a good tagline. Uh, all right, a, a good tagline for my show description. So I'm going to write that up. I'm going to get the show posted and out to you. And in your ears, you'll be listening to this. And I'm going to say good Saturday to you. Enjoy your weekend. Play your Zelda 3D or go borrow someone's 3DS to give it a try. 
it is definitely worth it, if, especially if you're in that target market like me and Chris, who may have played it in the past, but put it down because it was ugly. Yeah. Then uh, oh. you were in that target market. It, it is worth it, especially the, the new prettiness of it really helps. It does. What do you got for us, Manny? Uh, if you want in the show, it's cool, but I had a quick little news bit about Diablo. Oh, what is it? Um, apparently a bunch of fan sites, like Diablo fans, Diablo Inc. gamers, like a lot of like really dedicated Diablo 3 people are getting invited to Blizzard next month. Then they're going to get to check out all, they're going to check out the beta, they're going to check out the new changes to Battle.net 2.0, and they're going to get to get a tour of the campus and talk to everyone. So it seems like if you're about to release a big beta to the public, who's the first people you're going to want to get on board is the big fan sites, right? Yeah. So, next month, expect some big Diablo 3 news. Sweet. Looking forward to it. Hopefully a release date. <laughs> or at least a date for the beta. I bet you a, a date for the beta will come out of that. I hope so. Or at least a general idea <laughs> when it's coming out. <laughs> All right. Time block would be nice. I'm going to go camp out in front of Blizzard's office and write letters to Nintendo uh, until we get some information here. Until then, I think we're going to wrap up for this week. Thanks for joining us. Send us feedback at podcast.rpgamer.com. Send us your MP3s to that address as well. Leave us feedback at board.rpgamer.com in the latest update section. Or give us a call at 608-729-4098. We always love to hear from you here. Or join us live for the show every 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Saturdays. uh, Most Saturdays, at least. at rpgamer.com slash L-I-V-E. That's rpgamer.com slash live. Anything for people as we leave, Manny and Roy? Listen to the Sanctum, because I'm better than Chris. And prettier, too. There you go. Listen to the Sanctum, because I'm ugly. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.